Richard Nixon. Well, I'm not a crook. Ronald Reagan. Tear down this wall. George W. Bush. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And Donald Trump. And a friend of mine for a long time, he uh, only likes politics. If you ask him about how are the Yankees doing, he has no interest. If you ask him almost anything, he likes politics and he's a professional at the highest level Roger Stone. All of these presidents relied on one man to secure their seat in the Oval Office. That man is Roger Stone. This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, and you're tuned in to the Roger Stone Show, where we're talking about, well, what else? Politics. Joining me now, uh, Tyler Nixon, attorney at law, longtime political activist, uh, writer, uh, confidant and friend of mine who's represented me personally as an attorney, extraordinarily knowledgeable about both the law and politics and the media and how it operates it. And uh, he joins us now on the Roger Stone Show. Tyler, welcome to the show. Roger, it's great to be with you, and uh, I just want to congratulate you on this excellent show that you've uh, you've developed uh, just only a couple hours a week, but it is absolutely packed with some of the best uh, political analysis and uh, guests that you'll find anywhere on uh, radio. Well, we're very proud of it. President Donald Trump was on our maiden show, which I'm incredibly proud of. We've had... Uh, uh, Congressman uh, Byron Donalds, uh, we've had Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, uh, we've had uh, Lee Greenwood. Uh, it's really, uh, it's really been a great experience, and, and I love doing it. Put a lot of work into it uh, to try to look at the news and see those things that aren't getting the kind of attention I think they deserve. Uh, and even though I'm a partisan, we we try to present things in a very fair-minded way. Uh, I appreciate your coming on today. Let's kind of start. You worked in the Chancellery Court in Delaware uh, as an attorney. Uh, I'm shocked by this new decision, which essentially uh, voids the compensation that Elon Musk is getting from his various companies. I mean, how how can this be? Well, uh, just to per, uh First of all, it's an honor to be on with you, I want to say that. And um, I clerked for the Delaware Chancery Court just out of law school. I wasn't uh, yet admitted to the bar, um, and I'm not currently a licensed Delaware attorney, so I'm just going to be speaking generally uh, about what I, you know, what I see coming out of the Chancery Court and just based on my experience, which is that um, what happens with, uh, in the Delaware Chancery Court that you get are what are called derivative actions. And these are shareholder lawsuits that are brought typically not by actual uh, shareholders, but on, by, by law firms that specialize in this. Uh, and typically the, the, the ones who make the most money on any of these lawsuits are the lawyers. Um, but what they do is they'll take a representative plaintiff, and in this case, uh, in Musk's being sued over the, his compensation package, the actual plaintiff only held nine shares of Tesla, which is, I think, worth maybe $1,700 versus, you know, the how many hundreds or tens of millions of shares are actually out there. And it's essentially a class action. That's What it is is a representative plaintiff is 
certified as, as a class plaintiff who sues on behalf of all the shareholders of the company, uh, usually suing management for some sort of breach of fiduciary duty or some sort of um, something that went on that, that is uh, abusive or injurious to the share, larger shareholders. And this is, you know, in public corporations. Well, in this case, uh, you know, Elon Musk had set up a a compensation package that was based on performance and based on not only performance targets, like he has to fulfill certain actual uh, things like developing and, and getting a car to market, as well as the actual value of the company, uh, the, you know, the float. And um, he blew those away, uh, and this was uh, promulgated in 2018. So in the past six years, it, he took the company from something like a $50 billion uh, uh, company uh, value to almost $650 billion. Um, and, it, and, and in some cases, met the performance targets ahead of what they were supposed to, uh, you know, what, what, what his uh, targets were in order for him to for the shares to vest. And it was done in tranches, so it's like 50 billion at a time worth of shares that he would be vested uh, would vest in him in the company, uh, where he, if he meets these targets. And, and clearly, he did, and he blew them away. So all the shareholders benefited from this. Uh, in the company, as he grew the company over the last six years, and you know, has done an amazing job, frankly, um, and is considered a visionary by you know even his detractors. And while he's doing this, he's also running, of course, SpaceX and now Twitter. Uh, on top of that, so what these what these shareholders said was that this was a, a, an excessively huge compensation package, you know, an un, an unprecedented, historically large. Uh, you know, sort of um, just giveaway to to the to the primary, the the main shareholder as well as the CEO or whatever he he holds in, in terms of a management position or the top management position in the company. Um, and the way Delaware reviews it is, they take the uh, there, there's a, a standard basically. In most cases, you have the what's called the business judgment rule where. Uh, Judgment is given, the, the, or excuse me, the uh, deference is given to the judgment of the board of directors and/or the you know, management, as the case may be, in making these decisions. Unless there can be shown to be some sort of um, uh, you know, basically uh, interest in the transaction involved uh, on the part of the people who are making the decision. Now that's not the case here, and, and if that if that happens, then it it, it goes to what they have two, uh, three levels. First is business judgment, then heightened scrutiny, and the the most strict is called entire fairness. And in the entire fairness case, it's going to be evaluated in terms of is this entirely fair in every respect to the shareholders? You know, and, and in this case, the judge in Delaware, the, who is the actual chancellor, um, who uh, normally you know Delaware is known for decisions which. Uh, you know, it, it really, frankly, um, uh, smartly, I should say, give deference to boards of directors and to management of companies because, you know, we don't want judges uh, meddling, frankly, in the business judgments and decisions of these companies. These are huge. Uh, you're talking hundreds of billions of dollars, uh, you know, worth of um, uh, value and equity, and you just you can't have judges just making second guessing and uh, you know, reversing and uh, overruling these decisions. So they have established these standards, and typically they would allow for, uh, especially in the case of, of this uh, deal where the the shareholders of the company by a 73 percent vote ratified uh, and you know affirmed this this uh, compensation package. But of course you have attorneys out there, entire law firms that are built on finding. Such as uh, you know little picky things, for example, in a uh, proxy statement or disclosure um, that 
was either missing or was slightly erroneous and saying, well, this was, you know, this was uh, put one that was put past the shareholders based on uh, bad information. Um, and that's essentially what they did here, uh, in addition to saying that uh, Musk is a controller of the company. He essentially is not merely just a, uh, you know, he's not independent of the board. He somehow, in their minds, controls the board. Um, and this judge really, um, I mean, it's a very dense opinion, and it's it's oh, it's just way way too too filled with. Um, I think whoever is writing this, I mean, I get the sense that they really wanted to showcase themselves on the you know the national and international stage by writing this opinion. So it's got a lot of sort of hokey, um, I don't know, just. It, you know irrelevancies and in, in the way it's written and it, it just the, the language of it seems to me someone's trying to showcase themselves in addition to uh, thinking that they're striking a blow against the you know the big bad uh, you know billionaire uh, as the case may be and in, and in Musk's case they they essentially said he controls the board of or he he is a controlling uh, shareholder and manager and that the board itself is not independent. Uh, of him because it simply works closely with him, um, and it, it cited a number of things that it didn't disclose. That it, it didn't disclose about these, uh, you know, any close relationships he has with board members in the proxy statement when they voted on it. Um, and essentially, they're using that as well as the fact that he's a controller to apply the entire fairness standard, which is a very strict standard, which you know shows that uh, it, it essentially says you have to. Um, Every, I mean, it's, it's very, it's essentially allowing the court to substitute their judgment as to what is fair uh, in terms of the shareholders, um, who, again, the shareholders uh, benefited from this, uh, from from Musk's uh, stewardship of the company to the tunes of literally going from, you know, mid like a $50 billion to a $650 billion company. So they all benefited, but, you know, they, in, in this, in, close judgment calls like this, a judge can decide, well, you know, this is too much. This is entirely way beyond, uh, you know, what, what any person should have, you know, back to the sort of um, thinking they're being populist, thinking they're being sort of uh, uh, you know, representing the little people, you know, versus the, uh, the uh, excessive uh, executive compensations that we see and have gone ahead and said that this was not fair, that this was excessive beyond belief. But, you know, you read the opinion at the outset, it says, should the, the, the question is posed, should the richest man in the world, uh, you know, is, is this too much? Um, and when you get into questions like that, is, you know, the subjective questions, how much is too much or how much is enough, you've gone off the rails and into the realm of, you know, these people are substituting their judgments. And then, you know, when you're dealing with a state, that is, you know, let's face it. I mean, Elon Musk has not been exactly uh, well received by the uh, Biden administration. Now, this, you know, Delaware is pretty much a thoroughly uh, uh, just infested blue state in terms of uh, it's run by Democrats completely. There's an entire patronage hierarchy there, um, and it's been taken over entirely to where Republicans are almost irrelevant now. You, you're in a you're sort of a Rhode Island or a Connecticut situation, unfortunately, uh, whereas we once had balance in the state with uh, you know, Senator Bill Roth, Mike Castle, and others. Um, now it's just completely a Democrat backwater, and unfortunately it's been degenerating the state for a couple decades or more now, and now it's got reached the Chancery Court, in my opinion, where this, um, this chancellor who is um, – Work for the Community Legal Aid Society, uh, you know, is not necessarily have, uh, someone with a corporate 
law background or uh, any sort of um, business acumen or, or experience or background that I've seen or been able to detect is now put in charge of making these decisions concerning a major international figure and businessman uh, who is ob obviously very politically uh, involved as well now, took over Twitter, freed it up for you know people like you, frankly, who had been banned for life. Um, and I think that uh, I, I really feel like that this was a – the way this whole thing went down and rescinding entirely, not trying to craft any sort of compromise um, uh, decision on, on the compensation package. Just after six years, essentially, this man built this company up to almost ten times what it, you know, more than ten times what its value was when he started. And his, his uh, compensation that he expected and that had been vested over years is just completely rescinded. Uh, and it's, I really think the Chancery Court, uh, that this decision is really striking a blow, not for shareholders' rights, but for against Delaware's interests in being the prime, prime court of corporate, uh, corporate law and corporate uh, jurisprudence. They, this is the only reason that these major companies cite in Delaware is because of that predictability with the uh, corporate jurisprudence, with the Chancery Court. It's not because of any sort of tax. People think, oh, it's some tax havens. It's not at all that. It's just, frankly, the, the, uh, the, the institutional predictability, um, and they really have uh, struck a, uh, you know, a at least a dagger, I guess you could say, at least one dagger into the heart of that, which, by the way, drives 21% of the state's entire gross revenues on an annual basis. So they're really messing with the golden goose here um, with a decision like this because Elon Musk announced and has every uh, – I can't blame him that he is going to take, take – uh, you know, first of all, he said don't ever incorporate in Delaware. And then he also said he's going to take uh, Tesla and, and completely uh, remove it from Delaware and turn it into a Texas corporation. So I think you know this this may feel good politically for people in the uh, sort of the woke left or the anti supposedly anti wealthy left, you know, who think that they're um, you know these billionaires, they, you know, they like their they like the billionaires that fund them like a Soros, but uh, you know a Tesla who's an actual or excuse me a uh, Musk who's an actual. Uh, you know, an honest-to-God entrepreneur and, and really a creator, someone who employs thousands upon thousands of people and has actually done something for the world, well, he's just an evil, you know, capitalist and businessman who's being paid too much for this company that he's built from nothing. So we'll see what happens, but um, I hope the Supreme Court of Delaware uh, maybe, you know, finds better reasons to, uh, to uh, overturn this decision so that Elon Musk can... Uh, you know, first of all, have his compensation that he deserves, and secondly, so the state doesn't go down the tubes with, as people flee. He's a very in influential individual, and you know, I would uh, I'd be concerned if I was in Delaware. Uh, but uh, Tyler, isn't when you get right down, isn't this all politics? In other words, look at the incredible number now of federal investigations by this administration into Elon Musk. He had none of them until he uh, reopened. Uh, uh, Tess, uh, pardon me, he reopened Twitter, now known as X, uh, to the concept of free speech, and he unbanned people like, like myself, like Alex Jones, like others who are controversial. And he has very, very badly embarrassed the Democrats, specifically uh, on the question of uh, the claim that Hunter Biden's laptop had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, uh, and banning even outlets like the New York Post from Twitter when they reported otherwise. Isn't this all politics? Well, I'd like to say that, um, and, and it sort of feels that way, but this suit was actually uh, launched in 2018, so it's been ongoing for roughly six years. However, that doesn't mean that you know someone with a, a partisan ulterior motive 
or uh, you know, when it comes down to all things being equal, is going to say, well, you know, we, we're going to we're going to stick it to the guy who's not aligned with our political views or our, our partisan ideology. So, uh, I, you know, I can't say there's any indicia of that outright, but it sure is convenient. You know, it sure is part. Of, it seems like part of this larger. Uh, slide of, of our judiciary across the board into just partisan retribution against people who challenge the uh, the current uh, ruling regime, the Biden administration, and generally uh, this notion of a I hate to say it a fascist government that we have, where nobody has a right to uh, speak out against it, and anybody who dares cross it, as you well know, is going to be targeted for persecution. All right, folks, if you're just uh, tuning in, we're talking to Tyler Nixon here on The Roger Stone Show. When we come back, we're going to talk about the latest developments in the Georgia case against President Donald Trump and the incredible revelations about uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Wills, uh, as well as these recent developments in the federal January 6th case. We'll be right back. Hey, Ohio, have you heard the buzz? Slinger's Signature Cocktails are the new go-to to to go. Slinger's are convenient, canned, cocktail-inspired flavored beverages that bring you delicious flavors like Bahama Mama, Peach Screwdriver, and Pineapple Punch with 8% ABV. They pack a punch at a price you can't beat. No time to make fancy cocktails? Don't want to break the bank on a night out? Slingers has you covered. Blast your taste buds, not your wallet. Grab Slingers today. American Fermentation Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. UTIs are the worst. I've been there. One year, I had eight UTIs. If you get UTIs, then you understand how awful the cycle can be. I was taking all the precautions. And cranberry products, they just never worked for me. I was desperate for a way to be proactive. It was hard on me and on my husband. It was tough to see her in pain, and I wanted to help. I'm Jenna. And I'm Spencer. With Spencer's background in biochemistry. And our shared frustration when it came to UTIs. We were inspired to start Eucora. At Eucora, we make innovative urinary tract supplements and UTI relief products. Our effective urinary tract supplements finally give you a way to be proactive. Feel like you've tried everything? We get it. We have a money-back guarantee so you can try risk-free. If you're not happy, you'll get a full refund. We're on a mission to help women get their lives back. Ready to join them? Go to Eucora.com today. Eucora.com. It's the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. We're back, folks. This is the Roger Stone Show, and I'm your host, Roger Stone. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Tyler Nixon, uh, attorney at law, longtime Republican and conservative activist, a man who deeply understands not only the law, but also politics, uh, the media, and how they operate. And uh, Tyler, you have a new show on TNT Radio. I want to congratulate you on that. Tell us about that. Oh, thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. Well, as you know, Roger, uh, having worked with you over the years on uh, different radio broadcasts, and uh, we had uh, uh, talked about maybe having a show together at some point, and uh, I just sort of um, 
you know, was uh, looking for a platform, um, and TNT Radio, I've been working with them for a couple of years, and they have a, I know, I've seen, I know you've been a regular guest on there, and they're really an excellent, excellent uh, network that's ramping things up um, with, a, with a really broad range of um, very interesting uh, hosts, and they're 24-7, uh, they're, they're actually based out of Australia, but uh, I have launched my show, which you can watch on tntradio.live at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern on uh, weekdays. Yeah, so it's net-based. I really find it uh, fascinating. Folks who want to follow us can go to wabcradio.com. I, again, urge people to go to the app uh, on your cell phone and download the 77 WABC radio app because whether it is uh, Larry Kudlow or Cindy Adams or Dominic Carter or Frank Marano, uh, you don't want to miss any of the great programming that we have here at 77 WABC. So if you unfortunately have to miss a show, uh, you can go back and listen to it later. Uh, and as I said earlier, we're very proud of the fact that we're live streaming worldwide. doesn't matter where you are. You can go to wabcradio.com uh, and listen to us uh, anytime. So uh, please take advantage of it. But really, go to, go to the App Store and download the 77 WABC Radio app. You'll be really glad that you did. All right, Tyler, um, uh, the tsunami of lawfare against uh, President Donald Trump uh, doesn't seem to be slowing him down at all. A new NBC News national poll shows Trump pulling out to the largest lead he has had over Biden, now leading by five, 47 to 42 nationally. The generic ballot has Republicans over Democrats up four points, but simply leading 49-45, which uh, is interesting uh, in itself. Uh, these latest developments in Georgia, it's always seemed to me that all of these prosecutors, whether it's the, the case in South Florida, the so-called documents case, or whether it is the Fulton County uh, case, or these two cases we've seen in New York City, one uh, based uh, around the valuation of his properties under a law in which no one has ever been prosecuted, uh, in which there are no victims because Trump borrowed money and paid it back at handsome interest rates, those who lent it to him made $40 million in interest uh, on their loans, uh, or the, uh, the equally ridiculous defamation case uh, against a woman who I hope keeps giving interviews and talking because she undermines her own credibility every time she does that, who has claimed that she was raped uh, by Donald Trump. The court felt that she was assaulted, did not find that she was raped, but she needs to keep talking because I think she... She really brings into question her own credibility. Uh, this is all about timing. They really want to put Donald Trump on trial someplace uh, beyond these civil cases, which we've seen in New York, which have been enough of a drain, by the way, on his time and his resources. Uh, but they're desperate to put him on trial before the election. That's beginning to look less likely. I'm not prepared to crack open the champagne, but... What's the latest out of Georgia uh, with Fonnie Wills, the uh, Fulton County prosecutor? Well, Roger, you know, I thought I'd seen it all, having lived through your persecution and you know by your side and all the, the, the skullduggery and unbelievable misconduct that I witnessed uh, in the in the federal prosecutors on your case, as if that wasn't bad enough. But I mean, what they're trying to do to Donald Trump is just—it's so bad, and it's such a cast of freaks. Frankly, from this Engron to uh, uh, Alvin Bragg to Fannie Willis to uh, 
uh, and yeah, Eugene Carroll is a plaintiff, and frankly, the rogue uh, nut job and, in my view, completely illegitimate uh, so-called special counsel Jack Smith. Um, and you know, and the fact is that these people are corrupt to the core, and it's really showing in Georgia where. These people are not only corrupt, but arrogant in their power, where they think they can, you know, she thinks she can get away with basically paying multi, you know, almost a million dollars to uh, her lover, essentially, and have him be this special prosecutor on the case, as if, like, her team, as if the Fulton County prosecutor in, under her office are not sufficient, like she needs to bring in outside help. I mean, if, you know, it, it, it's just, it stinks to high heaven, and... You know, they think they can. They think they ride under this cloud of privilege, and that they're somehow uh, can get away with it. But she's a complete hypocrite. I don't know if you're aware that they, uh, that, you know, they're, they're unearthing now uh, video or, or audio tapes. First of all, an audio tape of a whistleblower in her office has come out, in which uh, she alerted. Uh, try, the, the whistleblower tried to alert Fannie Wills to to the fact that um, one of her main office, I think the, one of the lead people in her office, was talking about taking a $400 plus thousand dollar federal grant and essentially blowing it on goodies and swag for, the, for themselves in the office, which is absolutely not what, it's, you know, not what it's meant for. And so this whistleblower went to Fannie Willis and, and, and said, you know, this, he can't do this. He's going to be intent. He said that's what he's going to do. 56 days later, rather than fire this, uh, this um, you know, corrupt person on her staff, she fired the whistleblower. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that's one example. And then, of course, another is um, uh, there's a video come out of her when she ran for office saying that she, she was going to clean up the office and that, that no one should be having sex with their uh, employees in the district, uh, uh, district attorney's office. I mean, you know, you can't write that. You can't, you can't obviously, obviously you can't make this stuff up. I mean, you know, they're such hypocrites and such glaring hypocrites. Now, uh, you know, the problem is, I think, though, They've established enough with this sort of kangaroo process that, you know, once you get past a certain point, it's difficult to just, you know, overturn or, or to uh, completely dismiss charges. So, you know, the, the options in front of the Trump team and all the co-defendants, uh, which is just outrageous. I mean, suing, they dragged the lawyers in the court. It's really disgusting, uh, you know, fascist-level stuff. But the problem is, is that, you know, they're, I don't think the judge, even if they he were to uh, remove Fannie Wills uh, from the uh, you know, from the case, or as she should be, frankly, removed from office, and Brian Kemp should step in for once in his life and do something right. Um, but the problem is, is that it, you know, the case will remain, and then then who do you get after her? You might end up getting a you know an actually legitimate, credible prosecutor who, even though the case is a bunch of garbage, will still nonetheless still he has to vind or she has to vindicate it. So uh, you know, I almost question whether keeping. Uh, Fanny on the case might be you know, better because it just reminds everybody what a corrupt bunch of nonsense it is run by a frankly hypocritical, corrupt, self-dealing, uh, practically criminal uh, so-called DA. But the underlying premise of the case is that Trump lost Georgia. There's a current pending federal lawsuit that brings that very much into question, where surprisingly a Democrat judge, Judge Totenberg, uh, seems intent on getting to the truth about the last election. There's also a number of state uh, litigations that are ongoing. I think most people see through this. Uh, I was kind of shocked. It, it appears to me that Fannie Wills paid her her personal injury attorney boyfriend, who's never prosecuted a complex RICO case, in fact, never been a prosecutor at all, $645,000 
Uh, and that didn't come from uh, the regular funding for her office, but came from federal funds that were earmarked, I'm, I've read, uh, for COVID relief. Uh, you can't really can't make this stuff up. And, of course, as soon as she's criticized, she immediately plays, let's just say it, the race card. You can't expect uh, black women to do everything correctly, essentially what she said in, a, uh, in church a couple weeks ago. It's... Uh, You're right. You can't really make this stuff up. It's really extraordinary. All right. Uh, Unfortunately, we we have run out of time. Uh, Final point, uh, the January 6th case has now been delayed. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily permanent, uh, but uh, this is your last shot at the ball. Tyler, what, what do you think about this announcement? I think that that's just a procedural thing where it is no longer in the purview of the court. Once it goes up to an appeals court, it's literally under the appeals court's docket. So it's actually people are making too much of it. And by the way, watch for Ed Meese's brief. I think they could knock out all that, all the entire federal uh, uh, juggernaut against uh, Trump with his Jack Smith uh, appointment, which is totally illegitimate. Uh, it's a very interesting point. It's interesting to me that Trump's attorneys have not brought that particular action in any jurisdiction. As you know, that that deci- that uh, question was visited by the D.C. Appeals Court uh, in the and in the case of uh, Robert Mueller. This was in connection with my case, uh, but I think it was wrongly decided. This speaks to the question of whether the uh, uh, the appointment of Jack Smith required congressional approval uh, and so on. Anyway, we are we are out of time. I want to thank my guest Tyler Nixon uh, and wish him very good luck on his new TNT radio show. Uh, and uh, we'll get you back here at WABC sometime soon. Tyler, thank you for joining the Roger Stone Show. Roger, thank you. An honor and a pleasure, my friend. <laughs>